Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping you become a better dungeon master. I am your host, Eric M. Hunter, and I am a struggling game master trying to figure out how to tell a better story. Joining me shortly is Jimmy Shields. He is the creator of D&D 420 and an avid D&D fan with over 30 years of experience. In this episode, we go over my NPCs and conflicts, something that I thought I did a pretty good job of. Um, and we discover that even though a little work can go a long way, there is still a lot of filling out. Uh, and Jim is happy to give me some pointers on that. All right. So I went ahead and uh, we were talking about NPCs and conflicts. So I actually took the time to do this. I, I, I took due diligence, my due diligence to make sure that I due did a good job. Because diligence. I think we talked. I know, right? I think we've talked about this before, but this part of just D&D in general is like one of my favorite parts, like the, the creating of like the characters and like the, the story. And then um, I usually leave all the stats and stuff to you. And anytime like we play in your games, it's like, oh, what am I rolling for? What is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. Though. And that's not on. I don't do that on purpose. You know, like I, that's just the part of the game I struggle the most with because I know like, there's lots oh, of lazy D&D players out there who are all creation. Whoa, man. Wait, lazy. Oh, I don't know. oh, I'm oh. sorry. Doc. That's all right. Okay. We're going to pause. Okay. <laughs> um, so I came up with um, three NPCs for just a one particular town, because obviously if I had spent all the time creating NPCs for 12 towns, I even think you mentioned it. It's like, yeah, that's what I do. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's next not... step. I saw that you'd finished it all. And I'm like, okay, next step, do this 12 more times. Right. And exactly. Then you have an area. Hmm. Maybe even Maybe. multiple like uh, kingdoms or countries, if you have about twelve or fifteen cities. Okay, that makes sense. But um, yeah, I, I I didn't do all that, so that's okay. Um, it's a very concentrated area. Um, so anyway, so I, I created some characters, uh, and I did uh, what we were talking about before. I actually started with the conflicts and kind of built my way backwards, um, and I made. The conflicts kind of as um, basic as possible in my mind. It's basically just um, two factions that are kind of fighting in a political sense. We have the the older, like original settlers um, faction, and then we have like this new blood, uh, the ones that were born in this new uh, settlement with all this new technology and this new machine. Uh, so they have no um, idea of what their past is, with the exception of what they're told through stories and uh, song and stuff like that so um, it's basically uh, kind of what we see in like everyday language with you know the the hardworking class who wants to keep everybody healthy and going and then the other ones who want to step up who want to be prosperous you know make this um, make all these amazing giant you know um, statues in their honor and just become you know and push the uh, envelope of what you can do it seems like right with the exactly with the technology um, the quote-unquote technology that we've got at our disposal yeah that's a cool idea man i really like um the architects i like that that's a neat uh a neat way to it's almost like um they one side of the faction might even worship that in a way right um, so i wanted uh because we talked a little bit about it, but like um, I was wanting something that was like um, very concrete that the the second you walked into town and spoke to anybody, they could tell you exactly what's going on. That's the talk of the town. Um, and I also wanted um, kind of just like this air of 
not evil, but uh, like urgency and air of caution that they're they can't physically put their hands on. So I thought that whatever race or beings, what have you, created this this perpetual moving machine um, that they've built their town around now, that one day they might come back. And that, you know, one day they might think, well, I don't know what you people are doing here, but this is ours. And then, you know, cleanse the land of um, those who opposed and came in and took what was theirs. So I thought that was a cool that was that was an interesting idea. Again, not a new idea, um, but I feel like one that kind of fits in this town. And then I wanted to do something um, that I always like to do, which is called the wild card. Okay. Which is just that very random, chaotic, um, which in this instance, I made it a band of hoodlums, miscreants, misfits that go around causing havoc um, for the idea of that. They want these architects. They want the, these supreme beings to come back and to wipe everybody out because they feel what they're doing is wrong uh, as a as a people, as a settlement by taking up land where they're they're not that isn't theirs to take. Um, so I thought that would be like a cool kind of uh triangle of uh, of things to, yeah i can see a lot of different with. factions just within those three different belief systems um sub factions even or you could have a religious group you could have uh it could be cult-like or it could be um a an order of things type group that has control over everything um you know different amounts of control you can divide the control up over certain types of resources that are available in this area between those factions um and then you've got reasons like really legitimate reasons behind those ideas because you always have these people who have ideas but behind that there's something physical that's not talked about as much or um it's kept a little bit quiet because it's very valuable and it's not for uh, the lower class to talk about. So one faction may control the coal. One faction may control own the land that your machine is on. One faction may control and own the land with the lakes where uh, all the f best fish is or the river. Um, shipping, things like that, you know, depending on what types of outlets. And then there's something real that they're fighting over. But, we, but we've turned it into ideologies. Right. And that makes it very real, very, very much like what we have today. And even to the players, it's not so much about coal or wood or fish as it is about these ideologies and these belief systems, these things that give them spells, these reasons that they fight. But you can see the evidence of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, it kind of harkens back to something we talked about a while ago now. Um, about creating uh, just, you know, worlds and things in general is like using the different senses. So it's like, here's the thing that has, you know, an immediate problem that I have to deal with right now. Here's the thing that may be a problem down the road. And here's the thing that I have that is going to be a problem, but I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it kind of like the, that staging effect. Yeah. And the, those can be events or they can be, um, a staged, uh, triggered, uh, not just events, but like um, people to introduce or uh, situations, things that are going to modify uh, the view, either the views of the people there or modify the views of the characters in the party. Um, 
and, and, you know, those are planned things, obviously, that can spurn encounters. Uh, so that's, that's, you've got a really good setup so far. I really like what I'm, what I'm hearing about it. So, uh, that brings us to the next thing. These different, um, factions or these different belief systems have to have folk heroes or legends. And not only that, but they need to have people behind them. So did you come up with some NPCs as well? I did. Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Jim. Um, so uh, after creating those conflicts, um, I thought it would be the easiest NPCs to create would be the ones who would be running each of those factions or okay. would be considered like the leader of each of those factions. So um, in no particular order, uh, we have Dolan Runecrag. Cool, man. Uh, he's an old... Yeah, so uh, this was something else I was going to um, ask you about or just touch on in general. I use uh, the that fantasy name generator that you we linked to in the last episode um, for all of these names. Then did you like the way they turned out? I did, and I realized that when it comes to a name, um, I don't really care what the name like the name to me doesn't mean anything uh at initially at the get-go uh and i feel like it's more about what i do with that character later down the road is what creates the name of what it is rather than sure sure um, sure okay. as a player right but then what do you think when you when your dm is like um and then dolan rune crag and they say this really cool name, and then they like give him a. He wears an eye patch, and he's got a scar, and he's got this, and he's got he's got a long sword with a notch in the back of it for each man that he's killed. You know, and and you start, then the name means a lot more, don't you think? No, <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah, it just for whatever reason, like the like the naming of things doesn't really doesn't really do anything for me. Like it's, I don't know. It's just maybe it's just a weird disconnection. Your, um, well, most of your players will be um, will quite enjoy cool names that you have for NPCs, uh, and when those names match their personalities, it really makes it memorable and can make it pop. So, whether it matters a lot to you as a player, um, it, there are times it's going to matter to you as a DM. Now, something that I do, and it's funny that we're talking about names before we ever get to your your NPCs here, but to the names <laughs> you, I like to give there's, there's a secondary and more mechanical purpose to naming NPCs, which I'm sure you've noticed in my games is true. Um, right. When I give names like, um, uh, let me find one of my NPC names lists here. Pax, Druindar, Rosario, Eva, Yanni, Kareen, Glaxus, Krug, you know, when I have those type of names, they all sound pretty cool. They're all like, okay, those are NPC names. And then you meet Ernie right. or Bob or Dennis. Oh, that's true. Those you're right. the when you're letter names, yeah. When you're playing uh, a video game, it's obvious what you interact with many times. And and sometimes in older school video games, it's obvious when there are things that you just talk to. And, and I do that. Because I played, you know, Dragon Warrior back in the day. That was something that really inspired me. Um, I played uh, the Ultima games quite a bit back in the day. 
I know I've just aged myself by saying Ultima. <laughs> and I'm not talking I about like Ultima diff- 50 or something. I was going to say, yeah, there's a shitload of Ultima games. Just don't name a number. <laughs> I played one through five. Those okay, were the ones I, Yeah, I played. And I played them, many of them as they were coming out. I think it was the second or third one had just come out and I started playing. So that, that'll let you know. I was pretty young, but those really inspired me. And there was a difference between things you fought and things that... Um, that you just interact with. And so I like to do that because, and I don't mean to be offensive, but players don't know what the hell you're talking about. We're only given a limited amount of information to the players and they're not going to be thinking the same way as you most of the time. Now, if you've played with a group for a really long time and you start to get little things between each other, little nuances, um, sure. But, I hate it when people try to attack a barkeep that's like, man, this guy's, I don't have any stats for him. You walked into a bar that on the edge of yeah, town. His name's Joe. His name's Joe. Like, right. he's not going to fight back. Why are you killing him? Like, you murder hobo punks. <laughs> that's what you know as <clears throat> now. So, so, I mean. So to me, so that, the Joe, point that you're making is 100% true. Like, I agree with you 100%. Okay, so the name matters. You want to think about that as a DM. That's why I know that I've heard your names before, and many times you come up with great names. But I think I've heard you talk about that, and some of the NPCs we've encountered in a couple of your games had, um, I, I guess, less than stellar names. Sure. And you could tell that you hadn't put much time into it, but that's something I want to stress to people. The name does matter. The cooler the name, if it's just a cool sounding name, make it the big bad guy. There's no reason not to. That's part of the genre. That's part of the fantasy appeal. Conan the Barbarian wouldn't be the same if you were Pete the Barbarian. Sure. That's a good point. So let's make those, make those pop a little bit more. Get just a little bit of thought and, and, Something else I like to do to create a feel, another reason, a deeper reason a name matters, is um, to give a, a culture to an area. Just like Rome, many of the men's named and with an S sound. Almost all of them, you know? Right. And, and many of the women in Rome, Ia, Ophelia, Cornelia, I don't know, There's a there's a bunch of can't think of any right now i'm really high but <laughs> but there but that but the roman names had a very distinct feel to it so you knew someone was roman if they had this certain type of name and it was obvious when someone wasn't roman because they had a different uh right yeah they'd be non-roman like different, name uh, you're right so prescribing those types of things to groups of npcs can help that area come to life and it's something else to keep in mind so i'll use sometimes certain types of name generators for different areas and i'll switch to like okay i'll go with a different type of elven or i'll go with a different type of uh orcish name or something and then bastardize from what i see there to create names out of an area or i'll use a language like german and i'll look things up in german and steal sounds from those words and then the names have a little bit of meaning to me and it helps remind me of who they are but more distinctly, you can create a very alien-feeling name for an area 
and it be obvious that they're not from here when you describe the character, and then make them a lot more mysterious. Yeah, that's true. And also, um, kind of going back to like the <clears throat> the Conan the Barbarian thing, like if you've got a surname that like you hear over and over again, you don't want it to just to be like Sanders or Smith. You know what I mean? Because that in a town where there's a bunch of rune crags, <laughs> you know, like that's a lot more interesting than a bunch of Smiths running around. It's funny. So, uh, I like the name rune crag was rune crag right yeah um one of the dwarven names in Volkmanar is rune spang oh okay um that meant something in german so oh, i can't remember what at this time but yeah. um i thought it was a really cool sounding name yeah well yeah i mean that's what i did like i just i was going through those generators just looking for something that sounded cool and um other than that, I pretty much just well, well, I, I like the names you have you have here so far. Dolan Rune. Okay, let's get to your NPCs. We've totally so yeah, so, gone off on uh, a Dolan Craig, He's uh, he's he's you know he's on the older side. He's sixty eight years old. He's one of the original settlers here. He's one of the ones that um, feels that you know it's a blessing that they found this place. That's a blessing that they found this machine. Um, you know, they, the for future generations aren't going to have to go through all the the heartache and the uh, pain and torture they went through to build and to survive. So he's very much of the um, that original settlers group that I mentioned earlier about, yeah. you know, wanting it's for everybody and, you know, to prosper and that kind of thing. Um, his opposite is a young sprag of 29 years of Arth Rapid Peak. Um, he is the complete opposite. He is uh, young. He's energetic. He's headstrong. Um, he's burly. He he was one of the ones that was born here, so he doesn't know the history rather than stories and songs he's heard. Um, but he's the one who feels like this is an opportunity for them to to prosper, to uh, be a big, become a big powerhouse, build a giant army to protect them. Um, obviously, he's very racist and suspicious of everyone, um, and what? has a gaggle one, of people behind him as well one of the cool things you've done here is you've kind of played on the uh the older versus younger to to do that that's a very common trope it's very relatable uh so i, I like that i like it and sometimes we think oh well i don't want to do common tropes because it's been done i'm going to do something totally new and unique but the cool thing or the good thing not maybe not the coolest thing but the the good thing is it's relatable it's believable I've seen it before and I can immediately relate to it. This, you know, that while we are making a story, this is a game and we want the characters. There's certain things we just kind of want them to get. Right. Um, and as many small layups like that, as you can put in the backstories that make more sense, the more sense they make, the better. So I really like that, that feel the young and brash and headstrong versus the old stalwart. who's a little more conservative. Yeah, and it's one less thing that you have to sit down and explain. You know what I mean? Cause exactly. We're trying to create an entire world here, and you don't want to give too much information because then you're just going to bore your players with details. Um, exactly. So in my yeah, the more shortcuts you can take, the better. Now, don't get me wrong. Having all of that that boring details out there, it's going to be really good to have on tap for people who are kind of. Uh, zealots about the game and they want to know more because you're going to have people that like oh well my bard 
knows everything about knowledge, nobility around here, and knowledge of the um, local people and the local economy. So I've got all these these abilities I've taken, these skills that tell me I have, I know all this. So where can I read about it? And you're going right. to want to have all that kind of boring for most people. But if they find a couple of little things that they can pepper in just here and there, one or two things, uh, even over multiple sessions, it's still helping you get what you want across to all of the players. So, right. so having those things is good, but you don't, but you want to make a quick story too, that can be told in the blurbs and the people who just show up to play and really have a good time, but they're not going to go home and read. That's a good point. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and then my last character is um, Lum. He's um, 16 years old, so he's young. and uh, He's the leader of this band of misfits I mentioned earlier that's just basically out causing mischief. Um, uh, I put that he's got a wide religious view of the gods and wants the return of the architects, believes that the great machine is a machine that's not meant for lower beings, meaning all of them here. Um, I created this character a cup for, and this particular way for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I try to make him as young as possible, um, so that he shows off as being naive, um, just about the world in general, but old enough to be able to be articulate. So I thought 16 was a pretty good age for that. Yeah. Um, I kept just a first name. I didn't want to do a last name cause it detaches him even more from, um, having family and a lineage. So it makes him look even more like a miscreant. Exactly. Um, it makes him into, uh. A, an urchin or a um, right um slum if you want yeah, yeah he, he could actually change his name if he needed to and at will yeah because i mean who cares at this point you know exactly I mean, it's, yeah he's not so, tied to anything yeah you've concrete. done a you've done a nice job man so you've got some a good good solid belief systems um and it kind of creates a story about this area which is good um it's already starting to gain some color uh, there's a couple of other things, since we've done this much, there's a couple of other things you're going to want to do with what you've done, because I could see a little bit more getting stacked in there um, and really helping out with what you've got. Um, you've got enough right now, but I personally would like to have just a little bit more before I start taking those next steps. The okay, what's that? The little bit more I would probably come up with are additional names or personalities or ideas about other people other concepts places related to these things um a book that someone may have written uh a song that might be sung any kind of thing that you can just an idea to help really set a tone for these things and you'll start to pepper those things in over maybe the next week or two um while you're coming up with other areas and other things in this this city that we're creating or town um, to help really flesh it out. So be thinking about, it's kind of like when you make a uh, an outline, you've got your um, A, B, and C. Now under A, B, and C, put your one, two, threes, your bullet points. Because we need just okay. a, a little bit more than that. Right, and they can all be different. You don't have to be like, okay, well, now I'll make a lieutenant for each. Well, they're not built the same way. A better way to do that is an ally, an advocate, a lieutenant, 
So you have three different things, a family member or a, um, somebody that they control that they have to act in the uh, better interest of this purpose or cause, even though they may not agree with it. Things like that. So however many of those you want to put in there, good. If you just do one or two for each one, then you're fine. Um, okay. And then beyond that, the next step to making this town come to life are notable places. So okay. usually we need a tavern or a place for the, the PCs to gather information. That's a very important thing. Whatever that is for this town, you'll need to come up with that. And uh, you'll want to make that pretty clever. You want to make that fun. You want to make that something that will really bring this place to life. I like doing that. You can also make it just your typical standard. This is an inn. Um, Gus runs it. It doesn't matter. I know a lot of people who do that, and it's totally fine, and their games are right. awesome anyway. But I like having fun with helping tie a little bit more into the area and, and with the story, and your PCs will appreciate it, um, into those inns. I'm sure you can think back to a few of the places you visited in my game that really gave the game color and became um, almost almost the, the calling card for specific areas in the taverns or inns. Okay, cool. I can do that. So um, flesh out a couple more like uh, NPCs that are relatable to the others that I've created. Yeah. Um, Add a little bit more flavor and color because it is kind of like a black and white situation right now. Mm -hmm. And um, bring those things to life just a little bit more. Make them breathe just a little bit more before we move away from it and say we've got enough to continue building taverns. Um, what, like there maybe there's a uh, a stable here. You know, there, think of things that are very important and very influential in the area. Is there like a notary or a bank? Is there a is there a blacksmith? Does the blacksmith do weapons? Why? Who's buying this stuff? Don't just put a blacksmith and a weaponsmith in a town that there's no reason to have uh, long swords for everybody. This guy's not going to stay in business if no one can buy 100 gold piece long swords. Right. Or bastard swords or whatever it is you're, you're selling for 100 gold pieces. Um, so keep that in mind. There's got to be a, a market for it. Who is that market? Why? Sometimes when we want to put a weapon shop in our town, it makes us think of things, well, there's no militia because this, that, so why do we have swords here? Right. Uh, so you might get creative with that. Um, or may, are they only only weapons you can really get here? Hunting weapons or farming tools that have been modified You know, to have some sort of law enforcement. So you know, think about those things. What types of shops? What is the flora and fauna of the immediate area is, an, is another really big one that you're going to be working on next. Thanks for listening to this episode of the D&D 420 podcast. For everything D&D 420 related, check out dnd420.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us there on the website and on YouTube at D&D 420. Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. 
We will see you next week.